honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, guys? Thank you for jumping back on the Strange on Purpose podcast. I am delighted to be joined by the leading scorer, all-time leading scorer, I should say, at LaSalle College, Katie. Katie, thanks for jumping on with me today. Yeah, thanks for the. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, thanks for that that uh, intro. You know, I don't get introduced as that um, as often anymore. So <laughs> I think it's it's something that needed to be said. Um, we've got a Hooper on on the squad today, and I'm just I'm excited to talk about how basketball has really shaped your your life and your career path. Um, anybody that's listening. James Harden was just traded to the Nets, so we were just talking about that, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now. My phone's going crazy. Um, I'm sure not as crazy as like Woj's phone or anything like that, but uh, for anybody that's listening, Katie, that doesn't know who you are, do you want to give them a brief introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hey everyone, my name is Katie Tapera. Myself as a, a creator, a motivator, and just an overall positive person. And uh, my current occupation is that I work for Homer Basketball as a product line manager for apparel. And then I'm also an assistant basketball coach for the women's team at LaSalle College. That's dope. I think what we want to chat about a little bit to intro this, I think, to, so that everybody gets to know the the Katie that's just growing up and getting to learn basketball. You mentioned you're from New Ham, a small, small town in New Hampshire, so small that you have one chain and it's a Duncan and it's not even in a, it, it's not even its own built freestanding building. It's, it's in a house. How did that really shape like your, your childhood and, and where you decided to go to college? Yeah, definitely. So, um, I grew up in Hollis, New Hampshire, and it is a very small town. And um, I guess kind of what what led me to bigger things and bigger dreams was always basketball. You know, it, it um, allowed me to meet different people and and have dreams to go play at a bigger level. You know, so it, it was always my dream to play at um, the D1 or D2 level of basketball. And, you know, I, I remember I wrote it down one day when I was really young, and I, I tucked it behind in, a, in like a bookshelf, and I was like, "This is this is what I really want to do." So a lot of my upbringing in life kind of became focused around that and in achieving that goal. So you were, I guess, you were manifesting from for such a young age, or from such a young age, I should say. What um. Obviously, you you go through high school, you go through co- or you're you're trying to figure out what to do in college. A lot of people that that was a dream to be recruited. Do you want to talk about that that uh, that recruiting period and um, how that experience was for you? Yeah, totally. So, um, 
You know, I, I was a part of uh, a smaller AAU team for a long time, and then I um, decided to make a leap and go, go on to a bigger program. Uh, and that kind of exposed me to, I was, you know, I was playing with girls that were on the D2 level. They were career from higher levers, high, higher lever schools, and um, I was also so I was also a runner um, in high school, and I was actually better at running than I was at basketball. So <laughs> kind of some of my leverage, you know, getting into these schools and marketing myself was, hey, you know, two for one deal right here. I can run for your team, but then. Uh, for your cross-country team or track team, but I can also play basketball. Um, so <laughs> recruiting recruiting was um, it was eye-opening for me because I was going to a lot of different schools with, with um, different people. And um, I ended up going to a tryout at Southern Connecticut um, State University, which is a Division II um, in New Haven, Connecticut. And, you know, I just felt so connected with this team. Um, you know, these girls were different from me, I would say, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, it, you know, and it was, uh, they were so welcoming for me. And I was, this was like the school that I was immediately like, yeah, this is where I want to go. You know, everybody, everything else seemed a little bit more fabricated on the recruiting process. Um, this was also a D2 school and one of the best D2 conferences in the country. So, um, I got offered a scholarship and immediately I took it. You know, that was that was kind of the focus for me. I wasn't really completely thinking about my schoolwork or what I was going to do after basketball. Um, the goal was just to go for basketball. That's cool. I think the the coolest part about your story from from being in that small town to your now you're in college and you're exposed to this diverse set of people you, you that you didn't really see in that small town uh, you mentioned to me that it opened the doors to diversity in our brief conversation beforehand how was that you 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 went from I mean, it's you had a little bit of a culture shock i'm guessing I started to see how people were, were treated differently. Um, started to see just different cultures, you know, because um, literally, you know, the town I grew up in was is pretty much all the same. So, so this was important to me. It also exposed me to different trends, you know, and the ways that people buy different things. So that kind of um, affects me in my job right now, uh, and just like understanding uh, different cultures. So. You know, there's this quote from um, Dr. Martin Luther King who, you know, he says, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly, and I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And this, like, this resonates with me so much because we're all different, right? We come from different backgrounds, but, like, we all can affect each other, you know? and learn things from each other and all continue to be better. So th this was this was huge for me, you know, th this quote and then these people that I, I started learning about, different people. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I can never uh, – that, that was such a huge experience for me going to that first college and playing basketball there. I love that. I, I love I, – I, too, uh, went to – 
lived or went to high school and middle school in a small town outside of Chicago. And they, I, I went from having a very diverse set of friends in Chicago to um, I was the only person of color in my friend groups. And it was kind of weird and for me. And uh, I, I do feel like when I finally moved to Milwaukee and got back to that diverse friend group, I still have a bunch of friends from that hometown, but I, I, don't, I feel like I was almost not learning as much without having that diverse friend group because I was, it was almost like you're in an echo chamber of everybody was thinking the same and everything like that. So I really do, I feel that. But speaking on basketball, why, why was that so important to you growing up? Obviously it was something that a lot of kids want to do. They, they always say, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. I'm going to be a professional football player, whatever that they want to be. Why was basketball so important to you? Right. So I guess, you know, that kind of reminds me of this very um, particular basketball example. You know, we, we, we'd ask the, the kids, that the youngest kids, they're like, who wants to be in the NBA? And everybody would raise their hand. And, <laughs> like, and then you'd ask, like, the next age group, and keep going up, and, like, less and less people would raise their hand, right? And it's like, it, why, why do kids at such a a younger age dream more than kids at an older age you know who's to say that like you can't do something just because you're being exposed to more people that are saying you can't do it you know um, mm -hmm. so i don't know this was that basketball was always important to me so i think i mentioned to you before both my parents actually played basketball in college so i was kind of like i guess born into it you know yeah and, um, i I knew I was going to be a basketball player, um, and it, it came naturally to me. Um, it's kind of like, for me, like listening to music, you know, like you just, you chill. Like I feel, um, I feel my most self and most relaxed when playing. So I just wanted to be able to make the most of that in my life and be around it as much as possible. It's crazy the impact that athletic has, athletics have on certain individuals, and it's crazy how little certain individuals don't even they can they can live without it and um just goes to say everybody has different passions which is really cool but going back to your journey you're you're playing d2 ball and i believe you had a, a realization that you needed to kind of move on and and focus on your or figure out what your your career path was going to be do you want to talk about your next move um to the next college yeah, and, um, you know, that it really wasn't easy for me. Um, I had a great experience in Nikitosa. I met a lot of really great people at the first school that I went to. But, you know, life was about basketball. And it was, you know, 5 a.m. wake up for a couple hours of practice. You go to class, you go back, it's more practice. Um, and, you know, it me with the influence of my parents, um, they kind of said, hey, you know, like, what, what are you really planning to do after school? And... Um, I guess I, I never really thought so much into that, you know, but it, I guess it felt like it was coming closer and closer. So I understood their push. Um, and like I said, it, it really wasn't easy for me, but they said, you know, what, what's one of your passions? And clothes were always one of my passions, you know, fashion. So there's a small school right outside of Boston called LaSalle College. It's actually now LaSalle University. And um, 
it had this it had this program of fashion merchandising. Um, it was a D three school, and uh, it kind of just seemed like the perfect fit. Um, you know, I was still going to play basketball, so that was cool. But just to like, I thought about like sitting in a class and studying fashion. Like I had uh, dabbled with like, you know, going to FIT or going to a, a fashion school when I was in high school too. Um, mm-hmm. But that just kind of they didn't have a basketball team or don't have a basketball team at FIT. So I was kind of like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. You know. Um, so LaSalle kind of just became the perfect fit, and I I ended up transferring there and studying fashion merchandising. Wow, that's crazy. And you also play basketball, correct? Yeah. Cool. That's that's dope. I think just to have a a program like fashion merchandising, I feel like if I if my school had done that or had that available to me, I probably would have switched my major from sports management to that because that was ultimately something that I would truly be interested in. But so you're you're finishing up school and you meet someone. Do you want to talk about that that person who kind of uh opened up your your doors to your career? Yeah, um so I um, had to get an internship going into my um, senior year of college. So I actually had a family friend that connected me into um, Coach. So Coach New York City. So I was in the corporate office working in the leather department, which was, you know, so amazing, so cool, Um, working with high-end designers, making clothes for the runway, um, I, I was exposed to so much, you know, and it, again, this is me from Holland, New Hampshire, um, working in New York City, Manhattan, so this was different for me. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was really <laughs> cool. Like, uh, I loved it. it. It was a great couple of months. I learned so much. Um, again, I was exposed to a lot of different people that did affect me. Um, so with this on my resume, I kind of, I was into my senior year and started applying for jobs and um, I came across an internship at Puma and um, you know there are a lot of athletic brands in the Boston industry in the Boston um, area so Puma uh, you know I immediately applied for it as a product line management intern and you know I didn't really know what that was honestly um, majoring in merchandising <laughs> you sit in the classroom and everybody will go around and say oh, I want to be a buyer, you know, like that's the mm-hmm. big thing. Or, um, you know, there's the design department. A lot of people want to be designers or buyers. Um, not so much exposed to what a product line manager is. So I applied for this, and um, I think with Coach on my resume, they kind of said, yeah, this this will be um, great. So they hired me as an intern, um, and I kind of learned about product line management. So uh, and I, it stuck with me. I kind of, I loved it. You know, it was the perfect, perfect mix of being creative, but also um, being in the business position. So for those who are listening that don't know what that is, do you want to give a little bit of a definition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so product line management means that you you basically manage the line of product that for the season. So 
you're the person that starts the season and says, hey, we need like five t-shirts, six hoodies, and um, tell the story for the season. So you work with design and kind of say, you know, the story for the season is X, and so we really want um, we really want to exemplify the 90s, you know, so like let's design six hoodies like this. Uh, and then you kind of work hand in hand as a, as a partner with with managing design and development um, and materials to to make everything happen. And at the same time, you're working with merchandisers that are going out and selling it and make sure that they have the best tools to to be able to do this and, and to also have the best product, you know, because that's, that's the most important. So. Yeah. So you're an intern at the time. Did it, did you know immediately after a couple of days, like, this is what I want to do? Or how was that internship? Yeah, that, so I guess maybe I did, you know, like, for me, it was like sitting in these meetings and um, hearing people talk about uh, the product at such a high level was um, intriguing for me. You know, it was something I really wanted to be a part of. Well, like when I was an intern at Coach, we we really like dove deep into the product. You know, we were talking about like deep into leathers, like we'd get like 20, 20 hides a day and we'd talk all about them, you know? Um, and this was more from a top level, you know, like what they're selling in stores. And I don't know, something about that was really interesting to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm a person that I, I want to be like the best at everything around me. And I think that's the competitor in me from basketball, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I want to be a developer. And um, maybe I want to learn more about this or like a designer. Like I didn't quite know yet, but I knew at the same time, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you finish up your internship. Did you get a job immediately at Puma? What, what was your next step after that? I think I was just like so worried that um I, and I don't even know like looking back at it now like I should have just like said hey Puma you know like we have a new job like <laughs> that would be good for me like I don't even know why I did that and so like I started applying for other jobs like during my internship also in the area and I applied to um the Reebok apprenticeship program which is a really cool program you know and I, I kind of applied to it because Coach had a really good internship program, and it, I really felt like they, you know, they put all the interns together, and they kind of built them up. They taught them a, a lot of things, and the Reebok internship program or apprenticeship program, for for those of you that don't know, it's um, Reebok. I think they actually ended it this year, but they hire, I think, about 50 apprentices. So these are people that um, just graduated college or grad school to come work for a year at Reebok in different departments. And I think it's really unique because most people just do internships, you know, they mm -hmm. don't do like actual apprenticeships, right? Um, so I applied for this and I ended up actually getting the apprenticeship as a developer for um, NHL hockey jerseys in the Adidas department. That's cool. So it was, it was, Obviously, after the time that Adidas picked up Reebok and now kind of making the the transition between um, obviously the different deals that Reebok had and kind of 
taking stuff for Adidas and putting stuff on Reebok. So how was that? How was, how was that experience as you were working on NHL jerseys? So like, how was that entire experience? I'm, I'm sure it was pretty cool. Obviously you were into basketball, but coming from somewhere like New Hampshire, I'm guessing that there's uh, a big hockey influence up there. So what, how was that for you? Yeah, so, you know, I, that was, it, it was really interesting for me because I was working on this product that was, just like you said, transitioning. Um, the NHL had a deal with Reebok, but they were, Reebok um, is owned by Adidas for not much longer, but who knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, so Adidas actually took over the licensing deal, and Adidas didn't bid for the NBA deal. So while I was there, we were actually kind of wrapping up the rest of the NBA um, takedown jerseys too. So that was kind of cool. I worked a little bit on that. But it was mostly focused on, you know, setting the precedence for these um, Adidas hockey jerseys. So, uh, and it just working with licensing, you know, like starting to understand to work with external partners. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of taught me a lot of my career now you know and not only working with internal people and um i'm glad that i worked in development because it i think i told you it it, um showed me what development is gave me a great level of respect for it but also showed me that this is probably not something that i want to do in my career damn that's that's cool and you have those realizations anybody that is listening um whether you're in your career, in, in your journey right now, or whether you're just getting started, you'll realize that you're going to have these moments that say like, damn, I really don't want to do that. But this was a learning curve. And instead of kind of um, asking yourself why, why I wasted so much time, you kind of build off of it and learn from it. And it's something that you need to do to, to kind of grow. So I like you knew this wasn't good for you. What you end, What did you end up doing next? Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to say, like, that I totally feel you on that. Like, it, it is, um, it is such a, it's such a privilege to be able to have different experiences and and learn what you don't want to do too, you know, or, or um, what you do want to do. So I'm grateful for that, and um, even more grateful that it was at the beginning of my career. Um. So during this, I kind of, I also knew, like, I I started to get this in my head. I was like, oh, you know, like, Puma was really cool. Like, I was like, you know, I really enjoyed working around these people. And and not to say that Adidas was not. Adidas was wonderful, too, wonderful people. But the vibe at Puma was, I would say, um, it was relaxed around really smart people um, that worked hard. but at the same time, like it was about sport and, and driving that energy, and and that's what I wanted to be around again. So I started applying again at Puma, you know, and uh, kept reaching out to people, and and eventually I guess I landed a, a job again with Puma um, as a coordinator for Spotify management and the team that I had done my internship for. Interesting. So it almost came everything almost came full circle for you. Mm-hmm. So. I think there's a couple things to kind of unpack here. 
number one for the students or people, young professionals really getting into the industry, learning or listening to this right now. I think it's very important. I, I do want to hit on the fact that you didn't burn any bridges. And that's something that so many, so many young professionals do because they think they're growing. They think they're, they're moving on. They won't need these contacts, but when it all when it's all said and done it's it's still a small world and it's still so like these connections today will help you three months from now and you won't even know it so how how was did you reach out to old connections at puma did you kind of obviously you you didn't leave on a bad note so you had great reviews i'm guessing um so like even at reebok and transitioning from reebok how did you do that how i'm guessing with grace or anything like that? Yeah, I think that's a, a really great um, point to touch on because it is right. It's like how do you how do you leave a job to another job? You know, like that is, uh, and especially at a young age, right? Like yep. somebody, like you think that you think there should be a guidebook teaching you how to do this, but you kind of just figure it out along the way. Um, you know, and I I think honesty is really a good policy. So for me. Um, Adidas was actually at the time also transitioning to um, Portland, so um, they were they were going to take the I think a hundred people or so in the sports licensing department, and some of them would be offered jobs to move to Portland, others would not. So, you know, um, I didn't want to move to Portland, so I think I was I was honest about that. Um, was honest about what I wanted to do and how. You know, I was grateful for development, but maybe it wasn't for me. And, and like you said, I didn't burn a bridge there. You know, we, we were very honest about that. And um, it guided me into being able to do what I want. And then, you know, at the same time with Puma, like, it, it is. It's like I just kept reaching out, you know. And I think being consistent, reaching out, showing that you want something, um, being motivated and positive will help you, you know, like, um, showing up, I remember in my internship at Puma, like, I would show up and be, I'd ask, like, other people if they ever needed help with anything, you know, like, don't, don't be afraid to go, like, talk to others, you know, as an intern or as somebody younger in your career and say, hey, can I, can I learn this? And like I said before, it's like, you want to learn a lot of the different parts of uh, what's around you in your career. So people want to teach you, too, you know, never be afraid of that. Um, and with that, I guess, you know, I made some positive alliances, I guess. I love the fact that I I love this topic because it's I feel like people our age it it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And uh I I think you mentioned just being open enough to say, hey can I learn this or hey can I help you or anything like that. I feel like with COVID and, and working from home, I think once we start to, everybody starts to transition into the office and uh, crossing our fingers that things get back to normal, uh, I think it's going to be something that a lot of people struggle with, really, because we, we've thrown everything on our backs for so long now. And uh, the fact that communication, unless you work at a rock star organization, it probably wasn't what it what once was. So it's it's important to just speak up for yourself and really learn that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to want to learn something new and 
it's it's okay not to burn a bridge and just to keep in contact with people. I think that's extremely important. So from your time get getting this job with Puma to your time today, what what's this this period been like? Um so the time between getting the job that I have today and um, kind of getting hired, rehired at Puma was um, I worked for a team called the RCC, which is a quick turn program within Puma. Um, and so, you know, we would take on like a lot of different projects that um, maybe people needed help with, you know, um, for North America specifically, collabs. And, um, this was kind of a natural uh, natural tool for Puma who was starting in, in basketball to use because they needed, you know, Puma, Puma got back into basketball. And I think it's uh, over two years now, you know, maybe three years. And um, they, they needed help, you know, to build the team quickly, right? So, of course, what they did is they, they looked within and they used some of the some of the people within and um, I was on one of those teams that we used within and you know I just I was I was vocal in saying that hey you know basketball is has been a huge part of my life and um, it would be a dream for me to work for pool basketball you know to get back into it. it it just seemed like a full circle to me you know it was like so much of my life has been basketball and now you know and I, I always love clothes and I'm doing that now too you know but imagine I'm doing basketball and clothes like what a dream so that's incredible i mean even from the start of this podcast we talked about how important basketball is to your life and was to your life growing up and now life has come full circle that it just so happens that the brand that you work with is getting back into basketball are you I'm guessing you're knocking at everyone's door, sending everybody an email as to how you can get involved. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I made it known, you know, and um, it's so important to define yourself as a brand, right? And um, basketball is, is me, you know, um, as, as much as like, you know, I think a lot of us play sports when we're younger, right? But it, it's a part of me, right? So why not let other people know, especially in the workplace, that this is who I am, and um, I think that I'd be able to offer something within um, pool basketball. That's dope. That's that's super dope. So Puma basketball. We're talking about Puma basketball today, where the team has brought on Jamal Murray, Lamelo, and countless others. How, how's it been? How's it been since you jumped on board? I'm guessing it's almost like working in a startup. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm glad you said that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, exactly how I would define it. Um, and it's such a cool environment, too, because I guess it's just like a basketball game, you know, where you're uh, you kind of, like, however the game goes is, is how you play, but, like, you know, somebody scores, they, they go on a run, right? Like, they go on a run, they score 10 points in a row. You have to catch back up, right? And figure it out along the way. Call mm -hmm. one play after another um, and uh, freestyle with that, right? So 
come out with some new some new new wanting to be disruptive we've been disruptive um, uh, we've been trying to put out really great product which i think we've done an awesome job of um, so it's uh it, it's work you know it's not it's not always um super easy right because it is kind of like a startup uh, we're, we're defining ourselves along the way, but, you know, the team's all worked really hard to be able to do this, and it's been really cool to to work within such a big company, but also get more of a smaller feel. You're, I, uh, <laughs> I'm smiling right now because I, I think about the opportunity to work in Puma basketball right now with all the young people you guys have on board and i'm guessing how dope the team is internally as well you guys are it, it seems like the team and the athletes are having a ton of fun with everything they work on and i i'm really excited to see what what's really next for the brand what's next for you but for anybody listening that doesn't really or that that wants to get to know more about Katie the individual I'm gonna ask this if or when it's all said and done what impact do you want to leave on the world um so I guess this is this is a big question for me um because like I said before, um, uh, the quote from Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. Um, it, th this means so much to me because I want to affect those around me. It, it, and the way I want to affect them is by um, kind of spreading to them that we can all affect each other, right? And, and we can all influence each other in a positive way. So, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but I, I do, um, I'm still a basketball coach at the college that I went to and I, you know, I, I don't have too many hours in my day. Usually, I mean, with COVID it's a little bit different, but I'll, I'll end up going, you know, straight from straight from work to practice, um, and get home pretty late, you know, and, and that's every day from October 15th to, um, end of February or whatever. And, and I do that just because I want to affect those young women, you know, to um, more more than in just a basketball sense. But if, if you ask any of them, they all think I'm crazy because um, I like always try to talk about positivity and the importance of that. Um, yeah. And I want to affect them in that way. You know, I want them to know that they should bring that to the world and not to learn from things. Um, and it don't don't get too boggled down and when things go wrong, but um, continue being positive and positive things will come to you. I love that. Um, I, I think really you've had a interesting career path and someone that like, it's almost a, a dream career path to, to most. The last question I have for you is what advice would you give someone trying to kind of follow in your footsteps and uh, land that first job? Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I think when you're young, you, you know, things that you like, or 
that um, maybe come more naturally to you or easier? You know, I, I think you mentioned to me, Izzy, that you're great at talking, right? <laughs> and you talk to your girl all the time and try we're kind of crazy, but it, and it, you know, you're hosting a podcast and how, how cool is that, right? You get to talk to people and, and learn more about them. Um, and uh, it, you can, and I can feel that, you know, the, the genuineness of that within you. Um, so for me, Thank it was, you. yeah, it, for me, it was like, you know, find what's genuine within you, right? Like, for me, it was like basketball and like clothing, like that was real within me, right? And and that allowed me to be good, like at those two things um, and, and translate into my career. So don't shy away from those things, even if it's something like basketball, right? And where everybody like doesn't raise their hand as they get older. There are other ways you can incorporate basketball into your life besides being an NBA player or a mm -hmm. WNBA player. Um, so yeah, just just uh, figure out what what you like, what makes you happy, um, and go after it. You know, exude that energy into the world. I love that. Well, Katie, I appreciate you jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast. Where where can people, if people want to follow you or connect with you, where can people uh, get in contact? Totally. So. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Katie Stepera. Um, all my social media is just my full name too. So I, I'd be happy to connect with anybody and, and would love to. So, and I, you know, Izzy, I, I really want to say thank you for, for having me on, on your podcast. You know, I, I said to you before, like uh, your, your podcast inspires me, right? So it, it, it uh, motivates me throughout the day and um, I, I'm really grateful to, to have been a part of it. I appreciate you. And I am very excited to interview and you again in the coming years to figure out where to kind of see where your career path goes and um, see if maybe one day you're the head coach or, or maybe you're the uh, a president of Puma or something. So mm -hmm. I'm excited and uh, the honor is, is truly all mine, Katie. Thank you for jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast. Yeah, thank you.
Yo, thank you for checking out this episode of the Strain on Purpose podcast. I literally could not do any of this without you listening today. So thank you again. And if you're interested, check us out on Instagram at strange on purpose, or check out our website, strangeonpurpose.co. I have a newsletter that should be dropping very, very soon, blog posts to come with all of this. And hopefully when COVID restrictions end, we can do some live events and everything like that. Thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you tune into the next one. Thank you.